When I was pastoring in South Carolina, I took a training exercise at a local addiction center. They had a week where they would invite in pastors of certain churches, and we could train on how to deal with addicts and their families. It was one of the best weeks of training that I have ever had for anything. But as much as I enjoyed that work, I could never work there. Why? I wasn't a recovering addict. You see, the rule was in that center, if you were going to be one of the counselors, you had to be in recovery yourself. You had to be dealing with your own issues before you could turn around and help someone else deal with theirs. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about being able to help each other. It's in a familiar passage that a lot of us have read and misunderstood. What is that passage? It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Find that in your Bible, and wherever you are, stand. I know we're doing church online, but this is still God's Word, and it deserves that moment of respect. So stand, and let's hear the Word together. Do not judge, so that you will not be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard for which, by which you judge others. You will be measured by the same measure that you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the beam in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye, and look, there's a beam in your own? Hypocrite. First, take the beam of wood out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs. They will trample them under feet, under their feet. And then it will turn and tear you to pieces. First take the beam of wood out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Lord Jesus, give us ears to hear the word that you would bring to us this morning. Give us eyes to see your way and your will and courage to follow. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Since I have first begun, uh, began as a minister, it seems that everybody, regardless of their relationship to Jesus Christ, knew this verse. You know, that first verse, judge not. People who had never been inside the church know this verse. People who had messed up in ways that you cannot even imagine. When I would begin to talk with them, they would quote this verse. You can't judge me. It says in the Bible, judge not. Don't judge. You know that, don't you? You can't judge me. Well, that's not exactly what it says. That's not exactly what Jesus means. Now, understand, Jesus does tell us and warn us that, one, we can never judge the quality or depth of another person's relationship with Christ. We don't know that person's heart. We don't know their journey. And we only see one slice of a moment of time in their life. And we can't judge their relationship with Christ by that one sliver of time. We don't have that wisdom. Nor can we judge how well someone is doing on their journey. We don't have all of the facts. That's one of the reasons Jesus tells us not to judge. You don't have all the information. If you see a person in a point in time, you may look at them and go, wow. 
that person's made some bad decisions. Wow, that person's really messed up. But if you had known where they started from, if you had followed them from the beginning, then you would see how far they have come to get where they are. And that same person that you were condemning a few minutes ago might just become your hero. That's why Jesus said, don't judge. You never have all the facts. But he doesn't say, don't help. He says, take care of the beam in your own eye first. Don't judge, because how you judge other people will be the same measuring stick that I use to judge you. That's what Jesus tells us. You know, one of the things about hell is that we choose it. People often ask me, how can a good and loving God send people to hell? He doesn't send you. You walk into hell all by yourself. And part of the thing that makes hell hell is that you chose it. You see, that's what Jesus is saying here in this passage. However you judge someone else, I'm going to use that same standard of measurement and I'm going to apply it to your life. And so when you say, wait, 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 wait that's not fair, Jesus. Jesus is going to say, wait a minute, it was the same standard you used for your brothers and your sisters. It's the same standard I'll use for you. So take care of the plank in your own eye. Now, Jesus says some funny things. This is a funny bit. Jesus says your friend has a splinter in their eye, and we've all had that moment when something gets in your eye, your eye hurts, it's stinging, it's watering, you're trying to get it out, you're pulling your eye all sideways, you go to your friend and go, listen, is there something in my eye? And your friend turns around to help you, and they've got a two-by-four in their eye. Now, not only are they knocking you in the head with a two-by-four that is in their eye, they can't even see your eye, much less the splinter in it. It is a hilarious bit. But notice what Jesus says. Take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can help your friend. This passage of judge not is not telling us to stay out of everybody else's business. It's not saying don't help your friends. It's saying deal with your stuff first. How heartless it is to walk by a friend that you know is in pain. You know, splinters hurt. Splinters get infected. Splinters can cause all kinds of problems if they're not dealt with. How heartless and unloving it is to walk by your friend that you know has a splinter, something causing pain, discomfort in their life, and not helping them. That is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, deal with your stuff first. Whatever it is that is wounding you, whatever it is that is causing you pain, frustration, anger, deal with it. If there's something in your past that you haven't dealt with, deal with it. If there's something in your uh, family when you were growing up that still causes your pain, deal with it. You don't have to pass it on to the next generation. Some of you are the children of alcoholics, and you know what that means. If you're not careful, you'll pass that pain down to the next generation. Some of you were abused or neglected, and if you're not careful, you'll pass that down to the next generation. Praise the one who has set me free. You do not have to be a prisoner to those cycles of despair or frustration. You don't have to pass them down. You can be forgiven. 
You can forgive. You can be healed. You can be redeemed. And when you are, turn and help your friend with their stuff. Remember the addiction center? You can't be a counselor unless you're in your own recovery, unless you are a recovering addict, unless you know what that person is going through and what they're facing. You can't help them. One great theologian defined evangelism as one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. That's it. I'm not any better than you. I'm not stronger than you. I'm not wiser than you. I just got there before you. And here's what I learned from Jesus. I've learned that the biggest moment in your life that you think continues to crush you (laughs) will become the first moment in your testimony. Oh, it happens all the time. People will come into my office and they will unload some embarrassing failure, some uh, 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 unbelievable secret. They will say, please, Mike, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I'll die if anybody knows. And I will keep their secret. We will begin to meet. We will study the scripture. Jesus will do what Jesus does. He'll bring healing and hope, transform that person's life. And then he'll call me and say, listen, I've been asked to give my testimony. Will you come? Yeah, I'll come. Be glad to. And I'll slip in and sit in the back. My friend will stand up and begin to give their testimony. And you know what? The first line of their testimony will be the story that they were so ashamed of. Jesus can take the worst moment of your life and make it the first line of your testimony. Here's where I was. Here's what Jesus did for me. Here's what Jesus can do for you. Now, Jesus gives us a warning. Not everybody wants to get well. Not everybody wants to be whole. You remember when Jesus met the man at the pool and his first question to him was, do you want to get well? We always thought that was a funny question. It's not. There are some people who enjoy their woundedness. There are some people who celebrate how bad they have been hurt or abandoned or wounded. And that's the first thing they tell you. That's the only thing they tell you. And they become trapped in that story. And they don't know what to do without their pain. And they don't want to get well. And so when you try to help them, they will actually fight you. Jesus said, when you have a person like that, pray for them. Offer your help. If they refuse you, move on. Don't throw your treasures and pearls before people who do not want to get well. Now, I know that's a hard lesson, and I know you don't want to think about it, but there are those people who would rather remain a victim than be victorious over what they have to deal with. It's easier to blame someone else, to blame a mistake of the past than it is now in the freedom of Christ to take responsibility for a new future. Don't waste your time. Work with those people who want to get better. Work with those people who want to get free. That's where you spend your time. Now, deal with your stuff. Deal with your stuff so you can help your friends. If you're a father, 
You owe it to your children to deal with your stuff. If you're a husband, you owe it to your wife to deal with your stuff. Don't bring that junk in your marriage and then expect her to have to deal with it. If you're a wife, you owe it to your husband. If you're a mother, you owe it to your children so you don't pass down that pain, that hurt. You can be free from it. You know, Jesus used to end his stories with this very interesting statement. He who has ears, let them hear. I always thought that was a funny way just to end the story. Just the way Jesus said, I'm done teaching now. Then I started preaching. And I promise you, some people do not have ears. I will make the story of Jesus as plain as I can, and they will look at me the same way your dog does. You know, they try to understand, but can't. I pray that you're not one of those people who is so tied up in your victimhood that you cannot hear the good news that Christ has come to set you free. The sin you are dealing with has been paid for, both the sin you have been, have, that you did and the sin that was done to you. Christ died for that. It's paid for. It has no right now to be part of your present. He who has ears, let them hear. I hope, I pray, that you will have ears to hear the good news that you're free in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. We pray, Father, as you continue to work in our own lives, that we will hear the good news and that we will respond to it with open hearts and open hands, letting go of the past and reaching now for the new future that is in you. We pray this in your name. Amen.